Hey guys, welcome to the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. This show depends on listener support in order to keep going, so I'd like to thank our newest supporter by giving a shout out to Gabriela Cortez Hernandez. Thank you so much, Gabriela, and thanks to everyone who is supporting the show. Your contributions mean a lot to me because it helps support the growth of the show over time, helping it to become better, and it also shows me that there is interest in the continued production of episodes. If you would like to become a supporter, click the link in the show notes to sign up starting at just 99 cents per month. This week's topic is all about clutter in our bedrooms, how it can contribute to a poor quality of sleep, how we can reduce the clutter. I provide solutions to help us be less stressed out when all we're trying to do is get a good night's rest. Stick around. A few months ago, I posted a poll on Instagram and asked, what's the hardest room in your home to declutter? Many of you participated and a lot of you said that the bedroom was the most difficult room to keep clutter free. This totally makes sense to me because I think a lot of us tend to keep the front of the home pretty tidy. We keep our dining and living rooms cleaned up, ready for guests to come over, and we clean up our kitchens after mealtimes, but it's easy to just set things aside in our bedrooms, close the door so the mess is out of sight, and forget all about it until we're headed to bed. Personally, when I clean my house, I tend to clean in the same order every time. I start with the living room and dining room, move on to the bathroom and kitchen, and save the bedroom for last. And I will be honest with you, if I'm in a hurry or I run out of time, there are certain days where I won't spend much time cleaning the bedroom and just sort of call it good enough. As long as the bed is made and my clothes are hung up, I feel like it's good. Then there's the bedroom closet, which is just basically a smaller room to keep tidy within our bedrooms. I have a pretty large walk-in closet, and I keep items that are seldom used, like gift wrap or art supplies in there. It's all very organized, they're all in boxes, but it is pretty full. So if I get in the habit of not hanging up my clothes, or just setting things on a closet shelf, instead of putting them back into their designated spaces, then things can start to get messy. If I don't stay on top of keeping my closet clean, it definitely tends to build up clutter. And we all know that just because it's out of sight doesn't mean it's out of mind when it comes to cleaning and organizing. It is so easy to forget about messes we have set aside in our rooms or things we've put in our closets, especially if we're spending most of our time in the rest of the house or at work all day. However, a cluttered bedroom has a profound impact on our sleeping patterns, so while we may not worry about it too much during the day, a messy room could be negatively impacting your quality of sleep. Let me read you something from an article on good housekeeping called Messy Bedrooms Can Worsen Sleep. Quote, A study conducted by New York's St. Lawrence University has revealed that a messy bedroom can lead to a poor night's sleep and increased anxiety. The study found that people who have more clutter filling the open space in their bedrooms take longer to fall asleep than those with neat and tidy rooms, leading to increased tiredness and making it less likely that they will tidy their room the following day. It's a vicious, untidy, yawn-fueled cycle. A psychologist at the university, Dr. Pamela Thatcher, told the Metro, hoarders typically have problems with decision-making and executive function. Poor sleep is known to compromise cognition generally, so if hoarders have cluttered or unusable bedrooms and less comfortable, functional beds, any existing risk for cognitive dysfunction, depression, and stress may increase as sleep quality worsens." 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't think many clean, simple, free listeners are hoarders, but if someone who struggles with hoarding can benefit from a cleaner room, then I think the rest of us can too. Think about it. If you're trying to fall asleep and you're looking around the room at clothing piled on the floor and you see stacks of paperwork on your desk, that is not a restful environment. I know that I've been distracted many times when falling asleep by little unfinished projects that I've placed on a shelf in my room. I'm sure we've all had those moments where you start looking at a pile of papers, for example, and begin to think, oh, that's right, I need to file those, and did I pay that one bill? I need to follow up on that appointment, etc., and you start to get anxious about it, and before you know it, you're wide awake and stressed out. Here's another excerpt that I'm going to read. It's from organizedinteriors.com. Quote, Researchers have found a direct correlation between sleep deprivation and high levels of clutter in one's sleeping environment. A bedroom that's full of clutter has an effect on your brain whether you're aware of it or not. Even someone who's lived in messy surroundings for their entire life doesn't simply tune out the clutter that surrounds them because they've grown so accustomed to it. That disorganized environment is being registered by our brain as a job to be completed on a conscious and subconscious level. And the longer we avoid tackling that job, the more clutter accumulates and the stronger our feelings of guilt become over not dealing with it. These stress-causing, guilty feelings have an adverse effect on you even when you're sleeping. Sleep cleans and refreshes your mind, releasing tension that accumulates via stress throughout your day. This process works more efficiently with fewer sources of stress, like bedroom clutter. Eliminating bedroom clutter, or at least reducing it, will give your brain one less worry to contend with, which will improve your quality of sleep." End quote. It is estimated that we spend a third of our lives sleeping or attempting to fall asleep, so our rooms really should be a safe, calming, clutter-free environment. So if you've been looking for a push to finally tackle the clutter in your room, or even do some redecorating, consider this episode a sign that it's time to prioritize your bedroom. There's a UK-based campaign called The Sleep Charity to raise awareness on the complexities and importance of quality sleep. This charity's CEO, Lisa Artis, says, A messy room makes for a messy mind. Don't use your bedroom as a dumping ground for the rest of the house. It should be a warm, inviting space, so adorn your bedroom with beautiful things, such as photographs of loved ones, artwork that you like, plants, and flowers. Okay, decorating a bedroom to make it a beautiful and happy place is my absolute favorite thing to do when moving into a new space, so I love that that sleep expert says it's a positive change to make to promote better sleep. But before we can decorate, we need to declutter, so I want to discuss some ways that we can reduce clutter and make our rooms more restful. But first, it's time for a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the episode. Here are some ways we can reduce clutter in our bedrooms. My first suggestion would be to keep paperwork out of your room entirely if you can help it. Bills, work documents, lease agreements, all of these papers are filled with information that will clutter your thoughts as you're trying to rest. If you have a desk in your room and you use it regularly for work or school, this can make it harder to keep paperwork out of the room if you need quick access to certain documents, so it may not be practical, but if you can't store your documents in another room, 
Invest in a file box or a non-clear storage container to safely store your papers. I suggest getting something that you can't see through so that you're not distracted by the contents of the papers, any writing or letterheads, and be sure to put those things away every evening so that your eyes aren't landing on a bank statement, for example, as you're trying to rest. My next suggestion is to keep your bedside table free of clutter. It's so easy for rings, candles, headphones, and other miscellaneous trinkets to pile up on a nightstand, and that can be really distracting to see all of that visual clutter as we're trying to drift off to sleep. The ideal solution would be to return things to their proper places before getting in bed, like putting jewelry back in the jewelry box, but if this is something you struggle with, a good compromise is to get a trinket dish, or even better, a cute storage container with a lid that stays on your bedside table and keeps things out of sight. There's definitely no shame in needing to have a catch-all container on your bedside table. In fact, my fiance is this type of person. He always is emptying out his pockets from loose change and pens and taking off his bracelets and rings. So he keeps a small storage box on his bedside table for all those odds and ends. Everything goes into that box when he gets changed out of work clothes, the lid gets closed, and he just goes through it on the weekends. That way, he's not distracted by a messy surface while trying to sleep. Another thing to consider is cleaning out the space under your bed. It's really common to use this area for extra storage, especially if you don't have a lot of storage in your home. My mom always insisted that she slept better with nothing under her bed, and it kind of makes sense that sleeping with clutter right beneath us might have an effect on our subconscious. Professional organizer Vicki Silverthorne says that storing things under the bed is not ideal. She says, quote, I sleep better knowing there is clarity and a clear space below, so I purposely ordered a bed with no storage under it. My advice would be to only store items under the bed if it is a simple category and is simply organized, such as your seasonal clothing or items you only wear on your holidays, end quote. Something else to consider is where you put your clothes at the end of the day. I know a lot of people who have a spot in the corner of their room where they toss their clothes and let them pile up. I actually used to be like this. I would be really bad about it. I'd get undressed and stack my clothes on the shelf of my closet. And I started breaking this habit about a year and a half ago, but it always just felt so much easier to take my clothes off and put them on the shelf, even though the hangers and the laundry basket are right there inside my closet. I knew someone who would talk about her haystack of clothes that she kept on a chair in her bedroom, and she said she would just go through the pile of clothes because most of them were like only worn for an hour and she'd just dig through it when she needed to get dressed. She knew it was a bad habit and she recognized it, and I think that's honestly the first part of changing up bad habits. It's just noticing when we're doing something that's creating more work for ourselves. If we focus on changing one habit at a time, like really cracking down on hanging up our clothes right away or filing papers immediately, we can change our habits to reflect a cleaner environment more consistently. It's one thing to spend a day or a weekend organizing and cleaning our rooms, but it's more effective over time to change our habits so that our rooms stay clean and we don't have to do so much work every time we need to tidy up. On a similar note, just putting things away that don't belong is a very easy way to remove clutter. You can even try this one today. Walk into your room and identify three things that have been living in your room for the past week or month that don't belong. Pet toys, a bathroom towel, take anything that has migrated from elsewhere in the home and just get it out of your room. 
Of course, we do this when cleaning or tidying, but you might be surprised at some of the things you're overlooking regularly that just sort of become part of your space simply because they're there. So anything that belongs to another person in the home, like if you have some of your roommate's stuff or some of your children's belongings, take those out of the room. Stuff like cosmetics. If you have a bunch of makeup brushes that have found a new home on your dresser, put them in the bathroom with the rest of your toiletries. Stuff like that. It can really make a big difference. You can also cut down on clutter by removing books that you aren't currently reading. Reading a book for an hour before bed is a great bedtime habit to implement. It keeps you away from using technology like a TV or phone, which sleep experts say can contribute to sleeping poorly, and it can help you wind down. But if you're using your bedroom as a library, if you've got shelves filling up, see if there's another spot in your home where you keep books. Mine are on a bookshelf in the living room and storing similar items together not only keeps everything tidy, but makes things easier to find. Chances are you're only reading one book at a time, so why not move the rest out of your room and switch your current book out when you're done with it? I touched on this a minute ago, but one last consideration is to keep technology and especially television out of your room. This is probably going to be received with mixed feelings. I know many people personally who cannot sleep without a TV show playing in their room. They find the sound comforting and it helps to relax them. But if you find that you're not sleeping well lately and you do watch TV before bed, consider trying to keep it off for a few nights and just notice if it has any impact. There are a few reasons why this may help. The first one is blue light that radiates from our tech devices. Here's something from Harvard Health on the topic. Quote, what is blue light? Not all colors of light have the same effect. Blue wavelengths, which are beneficial during daylight hours because they boost attention, reaction times, and mood, seem to be the most disruptive at night. And the proliferation of electronics with screens, as well as energy-efficient lighting, is increasing our exposure to blue wavelengths, especially after sundown. Exposure to light suppresses the secretion of melatonin, a hormone that influences circadian rhythms. Even dim light can interfere with a person's circadian rhythm and melatonin secretion. A mere 8 lux, a level of brightness exceeded by most table lamps and about twice that of a nightlight, has an effect, notes Stephen Lockley, a Harvard sleep researcher. Light at night is part of the reason so many people don't get enough sleep, says Lockley, and researchers have linked short sleep to increased risk for depression as well as diabetes and cardiovascular problems, end quote. So based on this, having Netflix on at night can make it hard to sleep simply because of the light that's streaming into your room. Plus, it's pretty easy to just keep binge-watching another episode of a show and cut yourself short on the amount of time you have to sleep. And then there's the problem of volume. If you're watching a show and it suddenly gets really loud while you've drifted off to sleep, it can wake you up and interfere with your sleep patterns. So try sleeping with the TV off for a change. And if you respond well to that, consider moving it out of the bedroom entirely and just keeping TV time as a living room activity. One final thought, sort of piggybacking off my last point, if you do like sleeping with some noise, there are really good options. I'm the type of person who does not like to fall asleep in total silence. Most nights, I will put on a guided meditation on YouTube and fall asleep to that, playing over my headphones. And there are podcasts dedicated to sleep sounds, I'm sure. And I think the app Headspace even has bedtime stories for grown-ups, which are really great and give you like this peaceful imagery to fall asleep to. 
There's an app that I've been using for years called Better Sleep that lets you mix your own sounds like crackling campfire noises and summer rain so that you have nature sounds as a white noise type of soundscape to fall asleep to. We all know that sleep is important. We can't work effectively or function properly when we're running low on sleep. I'm sure we can all think of at least one time that you've gotten very little rest and sort of trudged through the next day trying to hang in there until you can go back to bed and just hoping to wake up refreshed the next day. It's really hard to get anything done when our energy is depleted, and poor sleeping patterns contribute to cognitive dysfunction, insomnia, anxiety, and depression. So if clutter is taking away from proper sleep, that's definitely something worth addressing. It may not be easy to change all of our habits right away, but if we can just choose one thing to do differently starting this week, whether it's changing the way we store paperwork or removing clutter from a single shelf, we can begin to work towards making our bedrooms truly restful places to relax. And over time, and with each change we make, we can begin to see the benefits of our hard work by getting a better quality of sleep. That wraps up this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you would like to reach out to me on Instagram with sleep tips of your own, I'd love to hear from you. DM me at clean.simple.free or email me at clean.simple.free at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this show even further than your listenership already does, consider donating 99 cents per month by clicking the support this podcast link in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and remember clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when life is simplified, your mind will feel free. I'll see you again soon.